Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Smart Cities Chronicles podcast. My name is Adam Beck. I'm your host for the Chronicles and my day job, Executive Director at the Smart Cities Council here in the region for Australia and New Zealand. Um, we have today in this uh, episode, episode 35, we um, we come from regional Queensland and on the line uh, who's going to be uh, my guest today is uh, Drew Stevenson from Rockhampton Regional Council. Uh, Drew, hello, how are you? Yes, hello Adam, thanks for having me online. No, it's, uh, it's a pleasure, Drew. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. Um, my first question to all my guests is, you know, who are you and what do you do? Can you share with our listeners a little bit of a bio about your role and, uh, and what your responsibilities are? Yeah, sure. Adam, um, Drew Stevenson. Uh, I uh, work for Rockhampton Regional Council. My role uh, is uh, I head up uh, corporate and technology for council, which uh, includes being the CIO, um, so all the information systems and uh, records management, that sort of stuff, uh, procurement and logistics, uh, fleet and techno and the workshops, um, property insurance. So quite a broad portfolio um, that also takes in uh, what is now the smart regional centre. So that. Uh, responsible for, I guess, the smart city concepts, uh, part of the um, an important pillar of economic development uh, and council. Uh, that's a smart way forward strategy and a smart hub and a bunch of other things. Well, I, I look forward to sort of unpacking some of those uh, initiatives and sharing them with our listeners, Drew. Um, we have, uh, we certainly have a scattered audience geographically around the world uh, for this podcast. Can I, can I get you to maybe give a, a little short bio about, about Rockhampton? You know, who, who is it? Where is it? Uh, what are its sort of characteristics? What do people love about Rockhampton, the place? Yeah, sure. Um, so we're uh, on the east coast, uh, central Queensland. Uh, we're situated on the Fitzroy River, which is one of the largest river catchments in Australia. So um, certainly the availability of water is, is really not a problem at all here in Lockhampton in our region. Um, it's great weather this time of the year. Uh, absolutely fantastic. We're, you know, anywhere from 17, 18 in the evening to about 25 degrees of the daytime. This is traditionally our dry season. So lovely blue skies, um, a, a time where people get out and, uh, you know, attend the River Festival, Food and Wine Festival on, on our uh, glorious riverfront, which is uh, some of the, um, the oldest, or the most prominent series of heritage buildings in one area uh, along the riverfront. So we were formerly a port city. Um, it was, you know, one of the main access points back in the day. So a lot of uh, commerce that happened on the riverfront here. Uh, Mount Morgan, which is part of the Rockhampton region, uh, had a significant gold find back in um, the late 18, mid 1800s. So, uh, you know, there was a lot of commerce around gold mining and, you know, part of that gold boom here. Um, what's it uh, noted for? Well, it's uh, we're a region that is uh, 
very sparse, but only about 80,000 in population. Uh, we um, are like the gateway, I guess, uh, access point. With the, we're situated on the Bruce Highway that um, out to the, the coal fields and, and those sorts of services out to the west. Um, travel further north to Mackay and up through Sounds and Cairns. So um, uh, we uh, are positioning ourselves quite, uh, well, a beef capital. Gee, I should have said that right from the start too. So we're known as a beef capital. We have a, a, a very significant event here every three years um, for beef. And uh, now we have quite a, a growing tourism market for uh, fishing. Um, the Barra Classic, Barra Bounty, all those sorts of things that go on in the Fitzroy River and the catchment areas are quite significant for us as well. So Drew, it's fair to say that the, the sort of economy of Rockhampton is quite diverse, you know, underpinned by, you know, you've mentioned their agriculture, Mining, um, education is a, is a big part, you know, retail tourism. It's, it's sort of a, a good spread across a number of those industries, isn't it? That's correct. Yeah. So there are those, those strength markets that, um, you know, we know that will continue, certainly education and health in this area. Um, you know, in other big areas, we're a, a central point for um, all of those uh, health providers and allied health. Education to speak, we have a university as well as some significant border um, schools that take in borders. Um, there's several of those that are very high quality uh, in uh, and well known in our region. Um, we also identify that some of those industries, let's say mining or some elements of mining, won't last forever. So we have to position ourselves to be able to diversify for the future and, and I guess not be so influenced by the boom and bust that mining can be. Drew, I get to I get to speak to a lot of folks um, leading smart city digital transformation programs in a lot of cities, not only around Australia and New Zealand, but but sort of abroad. Um, I, I want to talk talk about the idea to start with around sort of the smart region idea. And um, what, I, what I'd like you to do is um, I'd like you to sort of help us track the journey here of, of Rockhampton's sort of, you know, smart region journey. So, so my research shows, um, my research shows that you were playing around with this idea in 2015, I came across a, uh, a survey to the community around sort of the smart region idea in 2015. I, I then sort of note, of course, the release of your, you know, your, your smart way forward, you know, Rockhampton region, smart city strategy. That was 2017. Um, assuming that that sort of, that, that, that sort of journey and those timeframes are, are correct. You've, um, You've really gone. Oh, just a, sorry, Adam. Yeah, if, if we started in 2015, the middle of 15, and adopted the strategy in December 15, 2015. Oh, so the okay, okay, I've got it. Okay, so, so so my point is still highly relevant there. In that you were very early out of the blocks. When I when I sort of say early, I mean in the context of Australia. 
Um, can you take us back to the why, what, and how of 2015 and you starting that journey? What, why did you start it? How did it come about? Um, and those kind of early, those early sort of, you know, thought bubbles that were going through your head as to what this might mean for the region? Yeah, I, I guess uh, let me start with saying, Adam, that there were some significant triggers in this region that made the, the commencement of this process, uh, this journey, um, very important. So we had tropical cyclone Marcia that struck here in uh, February, May of 2015. So it was uh, when it hit the coast, Category 5, by the time it got, the eye came right through the main CBD of Rockhampton. By then it was four heading to three. Uh, we lost uh, power in the majority of the region for seven to ten days. Water was out at times, of course, because of our lack of power. Um, quite a lot of damage around the place. So, look, there were businesses that um, were severely impacted, businesses that never started again, uh, and some that, you know, as even this far away, four years down the track, still, um, you know, are feeling that pain. So in July, you know, of course, we had to work really hard to <clears throat> recover. We got to that point and we started to get onto our recovery. Council, in July of 2015, um, you know, we started to discuss the, the smart city concepts and what that could mean for us and... You know, NBN um, was on the move, uh, although for us, uh, whilst earlier days everyone was getting fibre to the premise, at that point um, we weren't in the mix. So, it, um, you know, we went, I guess, in our, in our thoughts to the lesser technology of uh, fibre to the node. So those sorts of things really got some of the councillors and uh, executives very motivated to look at these smart city concepts. So uh, August, we engaged uh, a, um, a consultant, Glentworth Consulting. Uh, I had a talk with them and and a, and a few other organisations on you know what that what those concepts could look like for us. Uh, so you know engaged uh, Glentworth now uh, GWI to create our um, smart what. Uh, we determined would be our smart regional centre strategy. So we wanted to build a, our desire is a smart region. Um, you hear of the smart city concepts, of course the concepts are the same, but um, we, want, we wanted our region to own uh, the, you know, this, this whole smart idea and it, uh, let me step right forward. Four years, we certainly have distributed uh, those concepts all the way through our region. In late 2015, because of Marcia, our unemployment was seven to eight percent, um, and it, it increased just over ten percent in early 2016. Um, our engagement took a, a focus of listening to our community and, and focusing on what mattered to our region. Uh, then it was to be pragmatic 
and prioritise and, and implement our plan. So um, once we came up with our plan, our, our desire uh, was to get in and get the work happening and, and make those, uh, you know, gain value and celebrate the success on these new ideas very quickly and so demonstrate those successes early and often. Um, Council was so enthusiastic about it that uh, it was great. They supported me both uh, at the table and financially to, to get things happening. And, um, you know, these, these initial steps, they started with listening to the community. So going out, as, as you said, Adam, we had a survey, but we also did um, a wide-ranging face-to-face engagements and that started in September and we worked on it frantically. Uh, we didn't, whilst it sounds like it was rushed and it happened very quickly, uh, we put a lot of time into it and were very detailed in, in how we went out to the community and, and to understand those aspirations, those business needs and the strengths and challenges uh, there was engagement internally, of course, with the mayor and councillors and the executive. Um, you know, we, we talked about the education, so we went to the universities and key public and private uh, school educators, representatives of health and emergency services, a large and small business representatives and a range of not-for-profits as well. Um, and, uh, and we had the online survey, so we commenced uh, early September September 2015 and concluded the survey uh, and the process that all closed in November 2015. Um, from this we were able to formulate our strengths and our challenges. So it's all about um, playing to our strengths and, and addressing those challenges where we can. Um, the results of the online survey re revealed a healthy majority of residents, 88%, and it was a, a representative um, survey as well, so that was really good that we got such strong engagement. So 88% expressed support for the Smart Regional Centre concept and 76% of the community agreed that Council had a significant part to play in the region's economic development and, um, you know, identifying that what we were doing through the Smart Regional Centre strategy or what we now call our Smart Way Forward strategy um, was very important pillar uh, for economic development and certainly, you know, that's clearly demonstrated where we're at um, at this point. So, um, sorry, mate. Yeah, Drew, a question comes to mind sort of when I hear you talk about this. I mean, you know, we're not talking about 2017 or 2018. We're talking, you know, back in 2015. Did you... Because I, I, I'm trying to work out how many cities or towns I could count on two hands that were sort of doing this at the same time, and it, and it wouldn't be many. Did how did you feel moving through this journey, and the level of connectedness or not with other local government peers? I mean, you know, you, you know the, the level of activity and, and, and dialogue in the marketplace at the moment around smart cities. Back in 2015, I wouldn't imagine there was a lot. How did you, what, 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 what was sort of the context more broadly outside of Rockhampton in terms of how you felt compared to others? There, w there wouldn't have been many 
many others around that you could sort of really sort of learn from at the time, right? Yeah, that's correct. They, they were, I guess they were um, small um, areas or, or, you know, larger councils as well, but what I mean is just small bodies. Um, local Government Association of Queensland was someone that I uh, went to in the early days, um, really sort of, you know, even from our perspective, trying to understand what that would look like for us. Um, I, I think of, at the time, Adelaide uh, had a little bit going on mm-hmm. and um, I guess we tended to more let look overseas um, and look at what some of the, you know, the big players, the big players now were doing back then. Uh, you know, we adopted our strategy in December of 2015 and it was with the absolute... Um, imperative that we must do something about it and that it didn't just become a book that sat on a coffee table and gathered dust or for people, for us to wave in front of people, you know, when we were saying, well, yes, we've got something that we, you know, that we say we might be doing. Our strategy had 36 outcomes. It translated to 33 actions that we prioritised into a plan. And um, I actually, in... Of 2016, I presented at the Australian Smart Communities um, Association, the ASCAR 2016 conference. That was in Cloundra 2016, and and I, and I, I guess I spelled out a bit about how we got to the point that we got at very quickly, and then you know what we were planning to do with that and what we would do next. Um, you know, a lot of that, a lot of that, does yes, take a lot of homework and it takes a lot of support. Um, and I and I did get a lot of that uh, insights that I needed from uh, Glentworth Consulting at the time, Neil Glentworth and Michelle Ties and the team. Uh, that was really good to to help continue uh, on some things that you know were hard to pitch. You hadn't seen you know, the, the sort of things that we were going to head into, the strategic partnerships that we had to get together both um, here in our region as well as uh, out in the, you know, out in the world. Um, we had ideas that we wanted to uh, build a smart hub, establish a smart hub co-working space and, and we wanted to advocate for fast and reliable cost-effective internet connectivity and have an open data culture and, um, you know, the, the sort of the, the tin side of things, you know, the, the nice shiny stuff with a smart technology that we would roll out and with free public Wi-Fi and um, partner with Rnet to have, an ed, have, have ed your own presence um, throughout our CBD and our smart lighting and CCTV and digital signs and the other sensors that we now have, you know, um, Recognising that all takes a lot of money and, uh, you know, you're set to spend a lot of your time. Well, for me, spending a lot of time sitting down writing um, grant applications and that sort of stuff uh, so that you can access, you know, that top-up funding to do the things that we've done. Drew, out of those 33 or whatever they were actions, 
um, yeah. you know, what, what, what's sort of your, your crude assessment of, you know, percentage through those, you know, a third through, you've got the, some of the core enabling infrastructure, obviously in place you've just mentioned, how are you tracking? Yeah, I'm, I'm asked that very regularly, Adam, uh, certainly reg regularly uh, with council. Uh, we're well and truly up in the high 80s to um, nearly 90% uh, implemented. Um, some of the, 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 you know, the Pareto principle, hey, so about 80% of those we have, a, we have significant influence over and we can do those things, and we have. Um, there's the 20% that takes uh, more significant um, uh, collaboration from uh, state and local, uh, state and uh, federal government and uh, private industry that uh, what I'm getting at is in things like that we're desirous of having um, water sensing uh, both height and water quality sensing way up into the catchment areas. So some of those things and that data sharing, um, you know, they take a little bit longer to, to get across those uh, sort of ideas that we'd like to do and, and other partnerships with um, main roads to, to sort of um, more consolidate traffic light operations and stuff like that. Are you, are you, um, are you seeing the value, Drew? I mean, you, you, you've been at it a while now compared to some others. Are you, are you somehow getting some sort of feedback or you're seeing tangible value? I mean, if, if someone was to say, you know, is there a business case in embracing technology and data to, to try and do things better, what, what would your response be? So, yes, my response would be yes. Um, we are seeing value um, in, a, in a range of ways. So we have to concentrate on the, the safety and livability of, of our region. Um, that was one of the motivating factors out of our um, strategy. And so we are seeing things being utilised both day and night way, way more often than we ever did and that feeling of safety. We're seeing way more events that the community themselves on, on our riverfront and in our parks, that the community themselves are establishing and becoming annual events. The strategy also creates a mindset both for the community and internally. So it, it's sort of this, um, this sort of osmosis into the council and uh, officers, our, you know, our staff that, you know, are thinking in, in much smarter ways and utilising the technology that we've implemented, which we didn't do, we didn't do it blindly. We certainly uh, ensured that anything we did implement had both an application uh, from uh, an efficiency gain for the for the organisation, as well as it did uh, the uses that it could be for the community. Um, I talked about our smart hub, our co-working space, and um, you know one of the things I did in early 2016 was did a business case and a concept of operation on how a co-working space, something that would support startups and small business, could work in a region, and. My case was based on how uh, that can be supported in a region. Um, 
that was in, I had it adopted in May of 2016 and uh, council were fully supportive of it and within a week I had two startups that were working in garages, technology startups, one a programming company, one an infrastructure, technology infrastructure, called up and said, hey, you know, you know, we want to get into this and they, they are still, um, you know, key supporters of the Smart Hub. And it grew from those original two in May 2016 to um, a little, just under 80 uh, members of the Smart Hub now and, uh, and a, a, you know, a much broader community. We have um, 26 or 27 resident startups in the Hub as well. And, uh, you know, a thriving little operation that's going there. So, you know, those sorts of successes, um, that sort of case for something to work for us, then, uh, you know, they're, they're some of the examples of the success that we had. I've also noted throughout your strategy in various locations, Drew, um, and indeed when I popped through, I think it was 2017, I can't remember, but um, you, you've, you've certainly leveraged um, sort of placemaking and, and precinct development, um, public realm improvements, um, that, that general sort of land use sort of change and, and reinvigoration that's going on. You, you, you've used that as a leverage point as well for, you know, helping test and deploy and, and, you know, grow your, your sort of smart cities capabilities. Can you sort of share that interconnection between sort of placemaking, urban design, you know, landscape, traffic management with tech and data? Yes, sure. Um, now, uh, if I just give you some stats on what we have done, um, when we started out, looking just in the, in the CBD, the broader CBD area. Um, it was all about trying to standardise the, the equipment that, you know, we might have been playing with earlier on. CCTV that, you know, we're, we had this proliferation of all these different uh, CCTV platforms. Um, our idea under our strategy was to simplify that and you know come to a, a standardised um, delivery uh, of equipment. So uh, just in the CBD alone, we uh, have now implemented 21 um, Wi-Fi um, access points, 115 smart poles, 136 LED um, lights and these, these lights are all remotely controlled, either programmed or remotely controlled through a smart device. And we use this um, product called uh, IntelliStreet's post-top module that sits on top of the pole. It has an integrated speaking, speaker system. Uh, it's also integrated with um, push blue duress buttons. Um, so they're really cool. They're, they're sort of something that, that did a bit of research way back when you're talking about, you know, doing those leaps of faith, looking into things. I, uh, I saw a, a YouTube presentation on the uh, illuminating concepts in Telestreet's post-op module. I uh, thought they looked really good, showed them, demonstrated to council and, uh, you know, we've implemented those quite widely through 
uh, our region. Um, digital signs, uh, we have 15 uh, pole mount, double sided pole mounted digital banners and three ground mounted interactive digital banners uh, throughout the, the region, uh, throughout the CBD. Uh, 40 CCTV cameras and um, somewhere around a little up over 900 um, parking bay sensors that uh, go into the ground. So, you know, we did that in various stages to prove the concept of, you know, how this sort of design would fit uh, on our on our riverfront along with the redevelopment of uh, the riverfront area post Cyclone Marcia um, and, you know, taking advantage of the historic buildings. So with uh, Rickson's facade lighting that, again, all of these things are controlled remotely with, um, you know, um, changing colours and, and those sorts of things. So we get a lot of uh, requests to for theme colouring just recently for the State of Origin uh, last week. So it was maroon uh, on the buildings and um, maroon imaging, uh, Queensland imaging on our banners and that sort of stuff. Those sort of concepts that we proved would work here, as you say, uh, Adam, we have... Uh, we're a big region, we have a bunch of communities everywhere. So we have sort of looked at those communities, Mount Morgan, very strong on uh, its mining heritage, gold mining and that sort of stuff. So you look at those, the, the sort of streetscaping uh, of Mount Morgan. And again, we use the concepts of the technology in that area, but the design um, favoured the heritage of the Mount Morgan, Mount Morgan gold mining. We have a uh, Kershaw Gardens, which uh, the mayor likes to refer to as the backyard, uh, as um, our region's backyard. It's this beautiful, great big. Uh, what used to be a landfill uh, is now uh, this outstanding uh, park area with, um, you know, child's play equipment, uh, children as well as teenage play equipment, and again, the same way, uh, same focus has been on taking advantage of the technology that uh, we know works and and have placed into those areas. And we're now just working on something really uh, well new for us is a, a standalone setup for CCTV um, number plate recognition type um, products that we have uh, we've put on on the, the north side of our riverbank on a we've just constructed a new boat ramp and the idea uh, is that we can detect the number plates that are coming and using the boat ramp so this is more statistic uh, for tourism so we know uh, how many people are dropping uh, putting their boats in the water and where they're all from um, you know that's there's nothing no other suspicious thing going on other than just wanting to know that it sorts of demographics. Now that, that system is controlled, is standalone. It uses solar battery power, uh, has a little microwave antenna that sends data from three cameras. One camera is on the boat ramp, one on the, there's a pontoon there too, and one in the car park. So those three cameras, it shoots the data real time over uh, to a, a receiving antenna uh, over on the south side of the riverbank, and then that feeds into our fibre network back to um, 
our operations centre for monitoring. So that's a that's a, a new thing with a pole and the technology within the pole is our design, it's the same, but we just had to beef it up so that we could put uh, solar panels and um, battery storage and more switching components on the pole. Drew, your strategy and your sort of action and investment and implementation kind of seems to continue to roll on. Can you share with me for a moment internally um, what the sort of mindset, the support, you know, have you had to sort of, you know, beg for your supper every year in the budget, you know, how internally, you know, and going up to the mayor, how has this been, um, something that is just part of Rockhampton now, the, the organization, or, you know, you've had to sort of really sort of demonstrate it's, it's worth what, what sort of, what does it mean now sort of, you know, four years on? It's a little bit of all of that. And certainly you do have to uh, be able to build a case for more funding to, by demonstrating the success of the previous year. I said right at the start when, uh, well, actually right at the start when I presented the strategy at the ASCAR in 2016, uh, that it was, it, it's, it's almost the concept when I put it to council and say, it started out in the early days of, okay, Drew, what are you doing first? What are you doing next? And, uh, and the answer was everything. Um, and it's almost like I could be there with them and turn a page and go, right, this is where we're up to and this is where we're going to next. That strategy was so powerful and the action plan even more so because the action plan, you've got to make it real. You have to say these are all the recommendations that we're going to do and these are uh, what what we'll be doing um, next. Uh, and that stage approach of, of when those things will be occurring. So that was one of the, the really strong things and that because I we can demonstrate that then the, the funds uh, certainly became a lot easier to ask for. Uh, and of course, you don't just go with what uh, council has to offer. You need to top that up, and you know you do that by looking at state government uh, and federal government grant funding as well. You know those sorts of things that fifty-fifty or you know sixty-forty, and every now and then you'll come across a gem that uh, that you know it's one hundred percent funding whether it's the state government building our regions uh, grant funding or something through Advanced Queensland, or it's the um, safer communities in the federal government or uh, smart cities and suburbs, federal government, um, incubator support, all of those things. You, you need to be very proactive and uh, if, if not yourself, uh, certainly enlist the assistance of others to, to write these cases and you need to always be thinking ahead on what is the next thing that we're going to do. Um, and, you know, spend a little bit of money on on having a having that plan, that sub-plan, uh, you know, a two-year plan, operational plan for the Smart Hub that, um, you know, I use as, as context again for council and demonstrating those successes. And it's all about 
succeeding, demonstrating those successes and getting on with it. Um, uh, we have not taken a pilot concept. We uh, have just gone ahead with continuing to do what we're going to do and it was it was never on the basis of, well, we'll give it a go and you know, then I'll report back and see what you think. It was always, okay, this step, next step, next one, next one. So um, even right now, we're working on the next one kilometre of fibre um, and uh, the next sort of big long block that we're putting smart poles and lights and cameras, you know, uh, 20, another 22 poles, 25 LEDs, 10 CCTV and, and eight, um, Wi-Fi access points and again this is under the federal government safety communities and the whole objective is to just reinvigorate more of our riverfront have you know we, we have a lot of people that like to go along and, and exercise and at, at all times of day so we're, we're just changing um, that feeling of uh, or, or making it a safer or feel safer to be anytime be there at any time that they might of the day and night. Uh, last question, Drew, given time here, um, more of a personal one. Um, you know, you, you, you've, you've sort of been on this journey and, and you know, l- l- it, from a regional perspective, you know, led, led this journey for a while. Can you give me a sense of what sort of excites you over the next sort of, you know, 12, 24 months? You know, what, what are you really sort of looking forward to in this space? Yeah, this is a good question, Adam, and an absolute, absolute game changer that um, not the tin, the smart hub. Um, we uh, got $500,000 funding under the incubator support program uh, and we knew this opportunity was there. So we created, uh, I have an outstanding smart hub manager. Her name is Elise Hatton. You can Google her. She uh, is E-L-I-Z-E-H-A-T-T-I-N. She's an entrepreneur in her own right. I've been so lucky to have her working with me in the hub and she started there in 2017. They've come up with this idea of a turbo traction lab, federally funded, the uh, startups and small business uh, program running uh, over two years in the hub. The whole budget for it is 770000 and it's a program that is made up of three 80-day lab-style startup uh, small business accelerator programs. It's led by a world-class international expert in residence and a series of outstanding entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurial mentors. Uh, the first lab wraps up in August uh, of this year. And the second, second lab commences in September 2019. Um, this is uh, such an outstanding program that it's not death by PowerPoint. You actually have the mentors with the participants doing what they need to do to establish their business and grow it to international markets. And when we finish at the end of this, the program budget includes us taking uh, a cohort over to the States, uh, whether it be thinking Austin, 
Texas, where there's a, an expo that runs, in, it'll be in May next year, that they go to that and have the opportunity of, of connecting with other startups and small business and to be able to present uh, their ideas as well. Uh, so it'll either be there or, or like a Silicon Valley um, type uh, location as well. So that is the big one. That is the big thing that, that you know uh, we're working very hard on and uh, and ensuring uh, that it's going to succeed. And at the moment, it's just going great guns. The, the people in there, the feedback is, you know, really, really great. And, and the quality of the experts, these entrepreneurial mentors that we're getting um, from around the country to come and do this, with they're doing it, as I say, side by side. They're coming here and, and teaching uh, their modules, their programs, the sort of, you know, in, Gain, you know, establishing MPV, your first 100 customers, your next 1,000 customers, um, you know, business modelling, a whole a whole gambit of what you need to succeed to international markets. This is this is the big one. Well, well, it sounds like certainly, Drew, there's uh, there's a strong level of, of, of passion there. And I think if uh, if you're passionate about something, you know, anything's possible. I um, I really applaud, um, you know, Rockhampton Regional Council in um, that, that, you know, being able to sort of not, not, not just sort of move through its current uh, action plan and strategy, but just, you know, head down and, and keep moving forward. So, you know, huge congratulations, I must say. Um, we need to, uh, we need, need to leave it there, Drew. Uh, you know, I, I sort of look forward to circling back maybe in another six to 12 months to see how some of those additional um, uh, actions and initiatives have gone. But for now, we're going to have to leave it. And I wanted to thank you uh, very much for joining us on the Chronicles this morning. Yeah, thanks, Adam. I really can, can I just one little thing, Adam? I forgot to say. Sure. Attraction Lab. Um, we have a great financial and um, I guess structural support from Bevan Slattery, who uh, is a, a you know one of our. We're very proud of of his being an expat of uh, Rockhampton, and um, very proud of his involvement and his willing to be involved. No, absolutely. Um, certainly um, need to acknowledge the good work of, of all your sort of uh, ecosystem of stakeholders. And for those listening um, on this podcast, um, our guest has been Drew Stevenson, Manager of Corporate and Technology at Rockhampton Regional Council. Uh, I certainly encourage you to sort of look up Council's website and reach out to Drew. In due course, they've been a, uh, a smart region leader in Australia now for what I would describe as a very long time in the in the context of smart cities since 2015. Um, so a lot of uh, a lot of good um, history and knowledge and uh, experience there. For our listeners that aren't subscribing to the Smart Cities Chronicles podcast, you can do that through your favourite podcatcher, whether it be iTunes or Spotify or SoundCloud or many others. You can also head to our website, smartcitieschronicles.com, and you can send us an email at any time. Uh, the email address is chronicles at anz.smartcitiescouncil.com. My name has been Adam Beck, your host of The Chronicles, uh, wishing you a fantastic week and look forward to speaking to you next time.